Welcome to day 317 of Shaped by the Word. This week we're recording without uh, David Keefe, so we have the entire crew here. I'm Paul Kemp with uh, Cindy Kemp and with uh, Katie Kresge and Matt Kresge. And we're continuing our journey through uh, the Gospel of John. Uh, we come today to one of the most uh, <clears throat> beloved passages in Scripture and also one of the most controversial passages in Scripture mm-hmm. that's not found in some of the original uh, you know, copies or the earliest copies that we have of the Gospel you know, of John, but it is a very enduring story. And it's very true you know, to the heart of the Gospel you know, of John. Uh, you know, God, you know, John describes to us the glory that uh, we behold in Christ Jesus, uh, the one and only who came to the Father, full of grace and truth. And this is one of the more vivid illustrations of you know grace and truth. And we hear, you know, Jesus' words, you know, to Nicodemus, uh, or, or John's commentary on Jesus' words to Nicodemus, for the Son of Man did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world. You know, should be saved through him, and we hear the word of no condemnation. You know, so clearly in this passage. Mm-hmm. So we come to the passage uh, about the woman who is caught in the very act of adultery, mm-hmm. and how Jesus uses it as a moment to uh, reveal the hypocrisy of her accusers and uh, the grace of God extended uh, to us all. So it is a that is a it is a beautiful passage, and uh, we read today so before we have before we read it katie do you mind lifting us up a word of prayer father thank you thank you for um, this passage that we get to read together thank you for your presence um, with us as we read and your spirit who is um, helping us to interpret what this says and um, you have given us everything that we need to walk with you. You have equipped us, and we, we just ask that you would um, open our hearts to what you have to show us about yourself, about your heart, um, what you and your word have to show us about our hearts and our need for you. Um, so would you do that? Would you do what only you can do um, as we read together as your as your church? And um, would you transform us, God? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. We pick up in uh, verse 53, actually, of uh, chapter 7. Then they all went home. Verse 1 of chapter 8. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Then dawn he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. Teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. And the law of Moses commanded us to stone such women. Now what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him. But Jesus went bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again he stooped down and he wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with a woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Who has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then you do, neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have a light of life. Pharisees challenged him. Here you are appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid. 
for I know where I came from and where I'm going, but you have no idea where I came from or where I'm going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one, but if I do judge, my decisions are true because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me, and your law it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. Then they ask him, Where is your Father? You do not know me or my Father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know the Father also. He spoke these words while teaching in the temple courts near the place the offerings were put in. Yet no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. Once more Jesus said to them, I am going away and you will look for me and you will die in your sins. Where I go, you cannot come. This made the Jews ask, Will he kill himself? Is that why he said, where I am going, you cannot come? But he continued, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins if you do not believe that I am he. You will indeed die in your sins. Who are you, they ask? Just what I have been telling you from the beginning, Jesus replied. I have much to say in judgment of you, but he who sent me is trustworthy, and what I have heard from him, I tell the world." They did not understand that he was telling them about his father. So Jesus said, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and I do nothing on my own, but speak just what the Father has taught me. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. Even as he spoke, many believed in him. Jesus uh, speaks as a, you know, an enigmatic way. It was very typical of you know rabbis or Jewish rabbis, uh, you know, speaking with you know, much deeper meaning. And of course, they're they're not getting his meaning. He's, he's talking about the Father and where he came from and coming from above. Uh, they're not capturing exactly what he's saying. They will, you know, they when they do finally get it, they, they they'll know exactly what he's saying. He's uh, you know, he's calling himself you know equal equal with God. Mm-hmm. So again, we have the high pitched. A confrontation and mm-hmm. that every movement of Jesus, you know, is dogged, uh, you know, by you know by these you know by these leaders. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a fun passage all the way through. What are some of the things that uh, you know stand out in the passage? Go <laughs> 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 ahead, Matt. Yeah. All right. You can always you can be yeah. our designated first answer. Looking to see who wanted to go first. Um, the, the lady, obviously, the woman caught in adultery, where. You see, you know, just Jesus's gentleness towards this one, but at the same time, grace and truth. You know, you said at the beginning, mm-hmm. where he extends this grace to her and says, "Neither do I condemn you, but go and leave your life of sin." You know, it's not a, "Hey, I'll give you grace and just go stay in your sin and continue to sin and I'll overlook it." You know, but it's a call to, to truthfulness. Go and leave your life of sin because you've experienced much grace. You mm-hmm. know, because. I mean, this this whole scene, uh, you know, people speculate all the time. What was Jesus drawing in the in the sand? You know, we have no idea, uh, but but we can't miss the fact that the only one left there standing with this woman, you are sitting with this woman, is Jesus Himself, the sinless one who, mm-hmm. you know, does not condemn her. Has every right to condemn her. Yeah, but right. doesn't. Mm-hmm. No, I've always uh, you know like to think that uh, Jesus was just writing down a list of sins on one side. And then he was writing down a list of names on the other side. Then he started connecting the dots, you know, <laughs> yeah. drawing the dots. And look at it. Oh my goodness! That's what really you know, the one who knows. You know, we have this outer exterior, you know, where we have the appearance of righteousness, but you know, deep inside, uh, we're every bit as guilty, 
you know, as this woman, you know, this woman is. And of course, you have the contrast in character is so huge, the contrast between the, the Pharisees and leaders of the people who, uh, you know, may well have known about this woman's lifestyle and what she was doing so that they could catch her in the very, you know, act of adultery. And it had been of no consequence, you know, to them except as a way you know, to uh, you know, condemn Jesus, or at least embarrass him, mm-hmm. you know, in front of the people, and so they bring her in, they stand her up, uh, you know, they pull out, you know, the law of Moses, which had not been practiced in Jerusalem, you know, for a number of years, mm-hmm. uh, and then they, you know, question Jesus, you know, about what you should do, and and you do see wonderful grace and truth, of course, you know, her sin is worthy of, of death. Uh, but so are yours, mm-hmm. and and so, in order to bring integrity to this moment, let's let you know the person that has no sense started out, then the rest of us, you know, would you know would join them, yeah. and and so the the contrast is 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 deeply rich. You know, a shepherd who genuinely cares for the people and is redeeming the people, and and a group of religious leaders who are uh, condemning and condescending, and uh, their motives are are, are not to be righteous people but to mm-hmm. hang on to power and to yeah. embarrass and, and using a woman a, a real woman who has real pain and humiliation and using her as mm-hmm. a pawn in their you know trap that they're trying to trap jesus in and how humiliating is that as you know if you put yourself in her place to be used like that um and uh, really i mean she would have been killed that day if it weren't for the grace mm-hmm. of Jesus so and the mercy of Jesus but it's a it's a beautiful thing that Jesus does and it's a it's something that he continues to do and i i love the the justice that takes place here because it's not that it's not that Jesus said no she's pardoned it's it's that he said no she is guilty but there's there's someone who is going to take her punishment and mm-hmm. it's me you know i i'm not going to condemn her but i'm actually going to take on her punishment take on her sin uh, on myself and and die in her place and um what a beautiful picture of the gospel and you said that they um really hadn't been leaning into the law you know mm-hmm. much and so just even as you said that it just made me realize <laughs> how quick we are to pull that out of our pocket when it's in our convenience to condemn another when we have not chosen to live by it ourselves. But yet, if we can have the upper hand or if we can judge someone or condemn someone that will pull that card to to really hurt another. And Matt and I were listening to a video yesterday where they talked about, you know, uh, lies that are convenient and truth that is convenient and mm-hmm. uh, talked about pretext a lot of times we you know have the pretext of being righteous but it's really concealing you know motives that uh, mm-hmm. are, are, are selfish oh, yeah. self-serving and you know and that's certainly what is you know coming here so mm-hmm. there's a pretext of faithfulness to Moses mm-hmm. done when it's convenient done for the sake of others not you know shining a light you know from the law on themselves and developing you know repentant mm-hmm. heart and repentant stature but only the son of god could do what you know jesus right. did saying I, I do not condemn you and then calling her out of a a, a life of sin and uh, that you know, really is you know grace and truth he affirms the law of moses but he also reaffirmed 
affirms the mercy of God. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's what, you know, in the other Gospels, he'll tell to the, you know, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, go learn the meaning of this, I desire mm-hmm. mercy and not sacrifice. So you have you know, both uh, mercy and mm-hmm. mercy and truth. Mm-hmm. You have to love to, uh, I love when I read John, you're watching John's kind of theology on display, but then we also see glimpses of, you know, what he's going to write la- in later letters, you know, as you just hear him, he, Jesus teaching here, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but he will have the light of life. And then you get, you know, to first John, and he says, walk in the light as he is in the light, you know, and, and mm-hmm. you're hearing these, these themes where I just, I picture John and the other disciples as they've been walking with Jesus all these years, hearing his teaching, you know, taking it to heart. I mean, they can't help but continue to reflect all on right. what he has said and, um, and, and you see the emphasis too. He told us, you know, at the end of it, he'll tell us at the end of his gospel, "I've written this so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah." Mm-hmm. And even here, you know, um, I told you you would not, you would die in your sins if you do not believe that I am He. You will indeed die, you know, die in your sins. Again, this emphasis on belief and not just believing whatever you want, but a very specific yeah. belief that He <laughs> is the Messiah. And what a beautiful phrase, or, or not a beautiful phrase, but a, but a poignant phrase, you know, die in your sins, not die because of your sin, but you are, you are in sin. And, mm-hmm. and of course, he's already said that in John, you know, three, you know, for the Son of Man did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever has not believed in the Son of Man is condemned already. Condemnation is what we've brought on ourselves. The gift mm-hmm. of grace is what, you know, God has offered us. And those are, you know, light and life are, are big images, you know, in John. He throws them together in the beginning. You know, he says, in him was light, life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overpowered it or has not overcome it or has not over understood it, you know, depending on how you translate those phrases. But, uh, you know, here is uh, in him is the gift of life and the gift of wisdom. Of, of seeing how life works and seeing who God is and what he you know, what he has for us and so mm-hmm. those are you know, beautiful images yeah and really the, what I see as um, just a theme that that ties these two passages together is just that idea of exposure um, which I think has been an idea that the Lord has has done in me throughout this past year year and a half or so is just when we are exposed um, when our sin is exposed it it is actually a good thing because we no longer have to we are in the light we are exposed by the light and um, it's a healthy thing and so I think just on a personal level like you know for those of us who might might have some sin that hasn't been exposed. I mean, would we pray that that He would help us to to bring those to the surface? And I was just going to let you expose some of your sins right here <laughs> no. on this uh, on this on, on this podcast. I'm a pretty open book, but um, but yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's just such a good thing for us um, to bring our sin to the surface, to confess it to one another, no. to those that we trust, and to the Lord and um, and be exposed by the light because this he is the most gracious and loving light that there is and um, no, that is, is where we this find this is the how joy. he receives us in the same way he received the woman I, mm-hmm. I'm not here to condemn you but I am here that you might through me have you know have you know have life mm-hmm. and, and of course 
beautifully stated, you know, in John, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all unrighteousness, and we have fellowship with one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it binds us to get, you know, it binds us to the Lord, and it binds us, you know, you know to him. Mm-hmm. So it is a, a very powerful image. And even though that the best possible thing we can do is to be exposed by truth, we never greet it in the moment. Or I don't know if I have ever greeted it in the moment. Mm-hmm as a joyous thing mm-hmm. that I've been exposed to. It doesn't we, always feel good. Yeah, good. exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in the moment, we, we usually are defensive, and, it, and, and we usually you know, want to hide, which is our natural tendency as, you know, as, as fallen people. But uh, the reason it's not a threat to us is because of the gracious reception we have mm-hmm. from the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, and you have to think, I know you're about to pray, but you know, it, it, just when I was going to commune with the Heavenly Father <laughs> in, in deep prayer, there's yeah. Matt. But there's times, right, where we read stories like this and we wonder, like, well, could Jesus ever speak no condemnation over me? And then you get to, to Paul, and yeah. Paul would say, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What's what's been extended to this woman is extended to every one of us who's in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're looking for a place that says, well, where does this, where does God say this over me? Yeah, it's that Romans eight one. Paul would say mm-hmm. there is no condemnation for those. For the law of spirit and life has set us free from the law of sin and death. So can I pray now, Matt? Pray. <laughs> yeah. Unless Katie has something to say. No. <laughs> Go for it. Heavenly Father, thank you for light and life. Thank you for the gentle way that you receive us. We thank you for the invitation to come to you because you are gentle and humble in heart, and in you we find rest for weary souls that are laden with all of our efforts to uh, to hide, to be something that we're not, to commend ourselves to others and commend ourselves to you. And we thank you that you have removed condemnation and given us light, life, and freedom in your spirit. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.